Hey everyone, welcome to the Tulia Christian Fellowship Podcast. Thanks for joining us. For more information, to give online, or to see our service times, visit tcf.church. First Saturday is February 3rd. We'd love to see you there. What we're going to talk about is friends. Uh, But before we do that, let's uh, bow our heads and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that as I speak, that it's not my words, but your words, Father, that I would be pushed to the background and that you would be pushed to the front. Father, I pray that our hearts are open and ready to receive what you have for us. Uh, so we're going to talk about how friends are like trees, um, and so that, that doesn't make any sense right now, uh, but it will in a minute. How many of you have ever heard of Medea, Tyler Perry, Medea, all right? I totally stole this from her uh, or him. I don't know which one I should say, uh, and so I, I, she, this was in one of their like stage plays, and I watched it. It was floating around online, and it kind of lined up with some other stuff, other material that we had on Friends, so I wanted to kind of combine it all and bring it to you on how Friends are like trees. Uh, right now, today, your life is good or bad based on your relationships. You're either having a good day or a bad day based on your relationships. Most of all of our problems can be traced back to a relationship. Right? I mean, relationships are in and a part of our everyday life. And so we're going to talk about kind of how to handle those relationships, how to view people, how to see people. Uh, friends are like trees. There's three different types. There's the leaves, there's branches, and there's trunks. Now, before you decide which one you think you are, let's wait till we get to the end, and then you can decide which one you think you are. So there's leaves, there's branches, and there's trunks. Now, before we get into that, we have to talk about discernment, okay? And we have to talk about three ways that we view people, three ways that we see people, all right? Number one is you're naive. You think everybody's good. You think everybody has, you know, kind of, well, everybody has my best interest, right? You're really trusting. You just trust everybody right? You're naive. If you're like this, you've probably been hurt a lot by people because you just trust everybody and you can trust the wrong people, right? Because you're naive. You think, oh man, no, they don't, they don't mean it like that. That's not what they mean, right? So you're naive. Two is you're paranoid. You don't trust anybody, right? Everybody's from the devil. You don't trust anybody, anything anybody says, right? That's Lucifer himself, right? And so that, that you're paranoid, and this is what you believe. This, you, you move into this state because you've been hurt, okay? You've been hurt by people, so then you become paranoid, and you don't trust anybody. I don't trust anybody because you've been hurt by people, and so you stay away from that. The third one is discernment. Different people are different, and you treat people differently, Okay, different people are different, and you treat people differently. You have discernment. Okay, discernment goes along with wisdom. This is not IQ knowledge. That's not what I'm talking about. This is wisdom. This is spiritual wisdom. This isn't the same thing as being book smart. This is spiritual wisdom. This is hearing the voice of God, and it's discernment. You know that not everybody's the same. Not everybody has your best interests at heart. You're not naive where I trust everybody, but you're not paranoid where you don't trust anybody. You have discernment. You're listening to the voice of God. Um, One of the most kind of detrimental things we've taught our kids is that, you know, you just treat everybody the same. Treat everybody the same, right, right? You be nice to everybody, right? And and there's nothing wrong with that, okay? But I want to show you something in the book of John 
with Jesus, and he's become very, very famous. Okay, and this is John 2, 23. It says, because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many begin to trust in him. So many of the Pharisees, the religious leaders, begin to trust Jesus because of what he had been doing. Okay, so they're talking about the Pharisees. Um, and people in those religious circles. A lot of those people did not believe that he was from heaven. They didn't believe he was the son of God. They didn't believe in that. They began to trust him. Verse 24, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. No one needed to tell him about human nature for he knew what was in each person's heart. Now notice at the first of that, it says that Jesus didn't trust them. Jesus, he didn't trust them. These Pharisees, now the very, this story goes on to talk about Nicodemus. Now Nicodemus was a Pharisee who came to talk to Jesus about how to get saved. Okay, and he came in, in, at night so he wouldn't be caught. And it says, but that Jesus didn't trust him. He knew that different people were different and he treated them differently. Okay, he knew I can't trust everybody. Right, and that's kind of like in church world, you kind of think, well, I don't know if that's true. Like we're, we're supposed to love everybody, right? We do love everybody, but I don't trust everybody the same. Right, but I can show everybody the same amount of love, but you'd, you'd have the ability to speak into my life. You'd have the ability to, I'm going to go to you for advice, or I'm going to let you be around my children. It's like there's a different level of that, okay? And we see right here where Jesus did the same thing. It says, but Jesus didn't trust them. And you have to have discernment to make this happen. I want to share with you a couple of verses on discernment. Philippians 1, 9 through 10 says, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere or without offense till the day of Christ. So he says in this verse, he says, I pray that your love may abound more and more, right? That you'll grow in love and knowledge and discernment, that you're going to grow in discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without fault. Here's what I love. He says that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you'll have knowledge and discernment so you can understand this is good or this is bad, right? And then he says that, that you, you go on with this, let me find it here, and may be sincere and without offense, right? And so, so it's not like after this service, you know, you're going to go to your friend and be like, you're a bad friend. You got to get out of my life, right? He's saying, no, you got to be sincere and without offense, Right, that you continue to do that because we're growing in our love. But we know that, hey, this, this may not be healthy for us. This may not be good for us. Hebrews 5.14, but solid food is for the mature. Now, that's kind of weird. You think, what does that mean? In Hebrews, the writer is saying, he goes in this whole chapter, he's bashing the church. And he's telling him, he gets up, says, y'all all knew God once, but now you're like a bunch of babies who've gone back to milk and you don't know nothing. And I've got to teach you all over again. He's kind of mad. He's like mad preaching. I kind of like it. And so he says, but solid food is for the mature. He says, for those who have the power, their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Right? Discernment isn't something we're just going to walk out of here with. And boom, I'm, I'm, I'm a discerning person. Discernment is the ability to listen to the Holy Spirit and him guide you through your life. Now, what I, what I love is, Philippians says we grow in it, and then Hebrews says that it takes practice, that we have to practice in discernment so that we can distinguish good from evil. So I know, like, hey, this is good, this is good, I need to go this way, or this is bad. Right now, ground zero, we talk about this as like your gut feeling. 
right? We're talking about you get a knot in your stomach. You ever been in a situation? You've been in a place? You've gone somewhere? Kind of have a knot in your stomach. Think, I don't know if I should do this, right? That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. We tell the kids, the more you shove it down, the more you ignore it, the quieter it gets, right? The more you say, hey, I don't think I need to do this. I'm out of here, right? The more louder it gets and the more you hear it because you respond to that, okay? Uh, Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, okay? So you're gonna get power from the Holy Spirit to make this happen. This isn't something that happens on your own. Here's what you have to understand. Discernment is not your flesh or emotions, Okay, discernment is not based on emotions. That idea of I don't like this person, that's not the Holy Spirit, right? This person gets on my nerves, that's not the Holy Spirit. One of the things they teach you in youth ministry is the kid that annoys you the most needs you the most, right? And so a lot of times there can be people in your life that maybe annoy you, and you can't say, well, I'm annoyed, so that's God telling me to get you out of my life, right? Because that's not the same thing. You have to understand this is the voice of God, this is not emotions, And so you have to have discernment. You need to know not to treat everyone the same. You treat people based on their behavior, and you use discernment to make that decision. You use discernment and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I think is so crazy about the Holy Spirit. Think about this morning, if I said, hey, Jesus is going to be here next week. Think if he didn't ascend to heaven, he stayed. Stayed on the earth. He's Jesus, so he never ages, right? He's a God. Think if he stayed and said, I'm going to stay till God's ready to take everybody home, and I'm going to travel the world speaking and doing miracles. And I said, hey, next week's our Sunday. We're finally on the list, and Jesus is going to be here. Make sure you get here like the night before so you can get a good seat, right? Because Jesus is going to be here, right? That'd be amazing. It'd be nuts, right? You'd bring your whole family. It's like Jesus is in town. Everybody would come. We couldn't have a building big enough. We'd have to meet outside, right? Because everybody in town would want to come hear Jesus. But he told the disciples, hey, guys, it's better that I go so I can send the Holy Spirit. I mean, there's something they were like, whoa, time out. Dude, you've walked on water, laced Razzarus from the dead, fed 5,000 with a basket of fish and bread. Why don't you stay, right? We'll build a church. We'll take over the world. We'll crush the Romans, right? That's what they thought he was going to do, right? And, and he says, no, but it's better that I go so I can send the Holy Spirit. And when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, he gives you that knowledge, that wisdom, that guidance that you need to make the decisions based on your relationships. Okay, now, before we even get into this any further, if we go through this and, and, and you find out that your spouse is maybe a toxic person in your life, you can't leave and get rid of them. You're stuck with them, right? There are certain people in your life, uh, such as like siblings, parents, uh, you know, sister, you know, in-laws, sister-in-laws, brother-in-laws. These are people that you just can't get rid of, right? Now, you can limit the influence they have on your life, but you may still have to be around them. And it's the wisdom and the knowledge and the discernment of, I can't let them influence me, but I know I have to be around them. And so nobody leave and be like, you know, get in the car with your wife, be like, girl, you, you jacked up. <laughs> you know, I gotta, we, we gotta move on with this thing. Don't do that. Okay, what you can do for these people in your life that, you, that can't get out of your life is you pray for them. And it's the only thing you can do is pray for them. Uh, and, and I'll talk a little bit more, more about that here. So people are like trees. We've got leaves, branches, and trunks. Another three ways to put it, and they, these kind of are mixed in with all of these, is you have seasonal, toxic, and lifetime. You have seasonal, toxic, and lifetime. And that doesn't correlate perfectly with those. They're kind of mixed in. So uh, 
We're going to start with leaves, and we're going to work through the list. First of all, leaves, leaves are the type of friends that go wherever the wind blows. They're over here one minute, and then they're over here the next. They're doing this, and then they're doing that, right? These people aren't very uh, dependable, right? They're not very uh, trustworthy. These people can either be seasonal friends or they can be toxic friends. Seasonal friends means that they're going to be in your life for a season, but that season will end. Toxic means you have to get them out of your life. They're harmful to your life, and you need to get them out of your life. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. But there's an object lesson as old as time that you do in youth ministry. And you get a chair out, and you put it here, and you have a student stand in the chair, and then another student stand in the floor. Okay? And you tell the student in the chair, grab their arms and pull them up into the chair. And then you tell the other student, you pull them out of the chair. It is nearly impossible to pull them up in the chair with you. They will always pull you out of the chair. The idea is, is that you're never going to pull people up to your level. They're going to pull you down to their level. Dad always says that friends are like elevators. They either take you up or they take you down. And you have to have the discernment to understand of which is which. And so it says, don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. You start coming to church, you start building good habits, but you still hang out with the same people and they corrupt those good habits, right? And you have to realize that, hey, this person isn't good for me and I maybe need to get them out of my life. Uh, Here are some other traits of a leaf. They always argue. Anytime you try to say anything to them, they argue. They argue with you. You know, you, you say like, you know, hey, you know, maybe we ought to not do this, right? Or, or you know, better yet, you, you maybe try to correct something in them. Like, hey, man, you know, why, why don't you tone it down a little bit? Tone it down? Why don't you tone it down? Right? That, that's, that's a leaf type of person, right? They're going to argue with you. Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make temper flare. Right? And so they're always throwing out harsh words. They always have an excuse. Uh, these people can be very proud. They don't embrace reality. They want reality to adjust to them. Right? They want the circumstances of their life, the things in their life to adjust to their schedule, their timeline, and the way they want things to go. Right? Because they're full of pride. They think life's about them. They think every situation's about them. They look at themselves and only themselves. They're not worried about anybody else. All right, these people can be seasonal or they can be toxic. And you have to understand this person is toxic and I need to limit myself. I need to, I need to get rid of this relationship, okay? And so they always have an excuse. They don't like discipline. Now, I know that nobody likes discipline, right? Nobody likes to be corrected. You don't like to be called in at your job and uh, sit down and there's some things we need to talk about, right? It's like nobody enjoys that. But a more mature person maybe has the ability to take that, receive that correction, and maybe say, is this true in my life? Is there some areas in my life that I need to change and I need to work on? I want to read you a couple of verses about this. Proverbs 1, 7 says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Okay, fools, they despise wisdom and discipline. They don't want to receive it. They don't want to hear it. You know, leave me alone. And then, then they go back to arguing. They go back to making excuses. Well, you just don't understand. You don't understand what my life is like. If you just knew, if you just knew what was going on, you'd know why I'm like this, right? They make excuses, right? Have you ever had a friend that you bring around to your other friends and you're kind of nervous to bring that friend with you? 
because you know how they're going to act, right? And then when they leave, your other friends are like, man, what was up with them? It's like, oh, you know, you just got to get to know them, man. Once you get to know them, then you know why he's a jerk, right? Man, you just got to get to know that guy, right? And you start making excuses for this person because of the way they act. And a lot of times this is a, a leaf. Uh, Proverbs 26.3 says, God, a horse with a whip, a donkey with a bridle, and a fool with a rod on his back. Now, I'm not, this it doesn't mean that if you think your husband's a fool to get a rod, um, what this means is, is that a leaf is only moved by pain. They're only going to move when things get really bad. They'll only act when things get really bad. They call the marriage counselor when their wife's moved to the hotel, right? They wait till it's like it's bad, right? They call the, the pastor because their kids have broken all 10 commandments, right? Then call them the first one. They waited till all 10 have been broken, right? And so they wait till things are really bad, till things are really in the slumps, and then they move because they're only moved by pain. They're only motivated by pain, okay? And so this is a leaf. Now, here's the thing about leaves. They can be a lot of fun to hang out with, right? Because they they go wherever the wind blows. Whatever you want to do, let's go do it. You want to go over here, they're very irresponsible. They don't care. Let's party. Let's have a good time, right? Let's, let's have fun. Let's go do this. And so they can be a lot of fun to hang out with. But they're not someone you respect. They're not someone that you call uh, to babysit your kids, right? You know that friend, you're like, I wouldn't leave my kids there. I wouldn't leave my dog there, right? Right? They're not that type of person. They're not the type of person that you call because you need financial help or some financial wisdom, right? Or, or you need help in your marriage. You're not calling this person, right? Now, these people can be seasonal, which means they're only in your life for a certain period of time, or they can be toxic. And yet, you know, understanding either one of those is going to help that relationship. Understanding like, hey, this, this friendship isn't going to last forever. I'm not going to let you, if they're corrupting your good habits, then it's like, hey, this is toxic and I need to, to distance myself from you. Now, like I said earlier, you don't go home and get on Facebook and message your friends, you're toxic and I can't talk to you anymore. Unfriend, right? That's not what this is about. This is about you making the decision that I'm going to distance myself from them and not allow them to corrupt my good habits, right? Because we're still walking in love, we're still walking in kindness, but we know that people are different and we treat different people differently. And so we have to move in that and we have to have that discernment. And like I said earlier, this is not motivated by emotions or your flesh, right? I don't like this person. They annoy me, right? Or you have a blow up fight or something like that. That's not motivating. You're listening to the spirit of God. You're letting God speak into your life. And you're saying, God, what about this friendship? Do I need to move on? Do I need to distance myself? And maybe just understanding that this is seasonal. All right. So that's leaves. Number two is branches. Now, the thing about branches is, is that they can fool you. Uh, you can think that they're strong until you get out on them and then they'll leave you on your butt right? And you think they're strong, get on them, they break under pressure, and they're done. A lot of what we just talked about applies to them, but most, it's more subtle. It's much more subtle. It's not very blatant, right? They're not as bad as a leaf, okay? They, they might argue with you, but not, not like a leaf would. They're not as defiant. They're not as open about it. And so you have to, you have to understand, and these people are mostly seasonal, they're mostly seasonal. You can have a couple of them that are toxic, but they're mostly just seasonal friends in your life, friends that are going to come in for a while and friends that are eventually going to leave. All right? 1 Corinthians 15.33, we've already read it. It says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. You have to understand, are these people corrupting my good habits? Are you dragging me away from the places I'm trying to get and then I need to get you out of my life? You have to have discernment to recognize it. 
so that you can make that adjustment, you can make that decisions. All right, here's the mistake we make. The mistake we make is we put lifetime expectations on seasonal friendships. And all it does is frustrate the both of you. Because you put lifetime expectations on a seasonal friend. And then you're both frustrated. And so you have to understand which, of the, which tier these friends fall into. Is this a leaf? You know, is it toxic or seasonal? Are they a branch? Hey, they're a little stronger. They can support me. If I'm in need, I can call this person. They're going to be there for me. But when things get real bad, they're not around, right? Or, or if we have a fight or if we have a disagreement, they're gone, right? They're done because we didn't see eye to eye on a situation. And so they broke under pressure. And so they moved on. Right, and you have to understand that, and you can't put these lifetime expectations on seasonal people because then you're, you're both just frustrated. And you have to understand that, hey, this is a seasonal friendship. This isn't a lifetime friendship. Right? So you got, you've got leaves, you've got branches, and then you've got roots or the trunk. Okay? Now, roots are the friends that are very, very rare. You may have one or two of these in a lifetime, maybe three, if you're like really blessed, right? You may be sitting here this morning as we go through what this type of friend is, you might even think, I don't even have any friends like that, right? And you may say, I don't have any friends like that in my life. And it may be something that you need to pray for and ask God to bring into your life. So these people are very rare. Uh, you only have a few in a lifetime. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. All right? So iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. These type of people make you better. They make you better. They help you grow. Right? They know what path you're on in life. They know what you're trying to achieve, and they want to help you achieve that. They want to help you grow, and they want to help you get better. Now, these are roots, one or two or three in a lifetime. All right? Now, Hebrews 12, 11 says, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who have trained in this way. Now, like we said, nobody likes discipline. These are the type of people that are able to receive correction, right, and able to receive that, and then the type of people that will give that. They have a level of, of knowledge and wisdom in their own life that they're willing to say, hey, here's some things in your life you need to change, right? And then if you're a leaf-type person, you're done with them. The minute they call you out, you're like, I'm done with them. Man, they're so rude. Right? You're, you're done with them because you're a leaf type person. It's okay. you got to grow. There are areas in our lives where we're going to be leaves, where we're going to be branches, and we're going to be roots. I mean, you know, we're not just, oh, my God, I'm a root. If you think that, you're not. Okay? The root's like, I, I don't know. You know, I, just, I really tried. You know, you're probably a root. But, but someone's like, oh, yeah, man, root, that's me. Discipline, dig it. Right? You're, you're not a root. And so they receive discipline. Here's what you have to do in your life. As we turn this message around and think about ourselves and think about, am I a leaf, am I a branch, or am I a root? And where do I want to be? You have to learn from your critics. A critic and a coach say the same thing. They just deliver it in different ways. The critic says it to hurt you. The coach says it to build you up. And you have to be able to take your critics or your enemies, and when they say things, you have to be able to say, is there any truth to what they said? 
Is there any truth of I need to stop, I need to look into my life, and if someone said, hey, Kurt, you know, you're really rude. You're a really rude person, and, you, you know, I have to stop and say, is there any truth to that? Am I rude? And, and ask some of those people closest to me, hey, do you see this in my life? Instead of like, oh, man, they're, they're such jerks, or they're so hateful, or they're so mean, and just taking the time to say, is that true? Right, because a critic and a coach are saying the same things, they're just delivering it a different way. A coach says it to build you up. A coach says it to strengthen you, right? A coach says it to help you. And a critic says it to tear you down. And you have to look at those and say, you know, hey, I know this person doesn't like me. I know this person is a critic. I know this person, you know, we don't get along. But they said this about me. And is there any truth to that? Right? Instead of, you know, if we argue, if we, you know, one of the most famous things that a leaf will do is they'll turn it back around on you. That is always a sign of immaturity in a person. If I correct you, right, or if I get corrected, if dad came home and said, you know, hey, I listened to your message and you, you preached way too fast. You went way too fast. I'm like, oh my God, you talk fast. You ever listen to yourself? Right, that's immaturity. Right, that's, that's a sign of I'm a leaf. I need to have the ability to say, okay, uh, I'm going to go back. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to see what I could do. What are some things you think I could do to make that better, right? And so you have to have that ability. Whether you like that person or you don't like that person, right, you have to have that ability to look into that and say, hey, is there any truth to this? Proverbs 12.1 says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. That's in the Bible, Right? Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Now, I'm not making that up. And so you have to have that in your life. You have to have that ability to receive. And it, it's, we read it just a minute ago. It's painful. That discipline, when it happens, hurts. It's painful. Uh, I went to Amarillo College, and I took some graphic design classes And I took a design class, and what we would do is we would work on a project. You would present it to your class, and then your classmates would critique it. And one of the things the teacher said is she got up and said, now, this is art, so this is very personal. You feel like you've put a piece of yourself into this project, so when they critique you, don't take it personal. Right? Just receive it, make the adjustments, and don't take it personal. Right? Well, you know, you get up and they're like, well, this is bad. You're like, well, you're stupid. How about that? (laughs) Right? Because it hurts to receive that. The band, they're artists, right? They're musicians, right? If we called the band up, made them sit down, and we went across the room and everybody critiqued what they did this morning, it would be very hurtful. It would be very painful for that to happen. But then a lot of times it's like, well, I don't want to hear anything, and so I never get better. Right? I never grow because nobody can tell me anything. Right, you have a person like that in your life where it's like, man, I, you can't say nothing to them. They're going nuts. You know, don't don't tell them that they need to fix this or that they need to work on that. Right? Or maybe you are that person. Right? Yeah. Just go home and ask your spouse. Yeah. Am I the type of person that yeah, I can't even ask my wife that. Be like, that loses his mind. She's like, My God, you're a lunatic. No, I'm not. Proverbs thirteen twenty says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. I love this verse. It's one of the verses I love to do in Ground Zero. If you walk with wise men, you'll be wise. You need to surround yourself with wise people. It doesn't mean that all the people in your life are going to be wise, but you need to have some wise people you surround yourself with. You're going to always have some leaves in your life. You're going to always have some branches in your life. If you're lucky, you're going to have a couple of roots in your life, right? You're going to have some seas- a lot of seasonal people, and you might, if you're lucky, have lifetime people, right? But it says right here that the companion of fools will be destroyed. 
You notice nothing happens to the fool? The companion. You hang out with the wrong people and you get destroyed, not the fool. Right? I just think that's insane that the companion of the fools will be destroyed. You've got to surround yourself with wise people. You have to, I mean, it's amazing that you're in church, right? We're in here, we're discussing the word of God. You're trying to surround yourself with wise people. You're trying to grow, you're trying to be better. Right? One of the things uh, in Ground Zero is we're always finding out new stuff about, about kids, you know, like the science, the psychology, that the front part of their brain uh, doesn't develop till in their 20s, and that's what controls long-term decision-making. That's why teen pregnancy is so high. Neither one of them kids can see past that night. And talking nine months down the road about having a baby to them is ridiculous, right, because it's not developed. That's why God gave you parents, because there was developed And so they know, hey, you don't need to do this. Trying to convince kids that, hey, the friends you have right now in high school or in junior high, probably 60 days after graduation, you won't even talk to anymore. No, no, uh. We're BFFs, man. We're going to build two houses next to each other and our kids are going to be friends. It's like, no, no. You probably will never see that person again. And you will come home and see them and think, my God, what was I thinking? Like, what what was going on in my brain? Trying to tell kids that is very hard for them to understand. And that, hey, there are friends in your life that you don't need to have, right? There are toxic relationships in your life that you need to get rid of. And they just can't understand. And there are friends that you will have for a lifetime. I mean, if you're like super lucky and blessed and God loves you a lot, you'll find a root friend in high school, right? And you'll find one of those friends that builds you up and that encourages you and that walks with you and helps you grow and helps you get better. But a lot of times you don't find those. Uh, I, I didn't have any of those types of friends in junior high. Uh, when I th- went out of the eighth grade into high school, I lost a lot of friends that I had. Uh, you, you know, pretty much they were like, you're going one way, we want to go another. And I really prayed to God, God, bring me some good friends, bring me some godly friends. And he did. He waited till I was like 20, but he finally did it. And he brought those friends into my life. And you have to pray and you have to ask God to bring those friends. And so, You have to understand that there are leaves, and these people go wherever the wind blows. They can be seasonal, or they can be toxic, and you need to get rid of them. You have branches. These are friends who are a little bit stronger, a little bit more trustworthy. You know, uh, you spend a little more time with them. In, you know, some crisis, they'll be there for you, but then at the same time, you put too much pressure on them, and they'll crack under pressure, and they leave, right? They're the type of friend you call them out, they're done. They're done with you. And then if you're lucky, you can have root friends who help build you up and help make you stronger. And, like, if you don't have those type of friends, I'm, I'm serious, ask God for them. God, send me some good friends. Send me some godly friends. This is a great place to look for friends because you're all here for the same thing, right? That's Jesus, right? Greg, who, who led worship this morning, he told me after service, he said, I feel like one of the mistakes a lot of people make is you feel like your friends have to come from work. Right, and where you work, you have to have friends. Doesn't mean you're not, you know, you're not nice to those people. Don't go into work tomorrow and be like, ha ha, bunch of leaves can't hang out with none of you suckers anymore. <laughs> Somebody get me a leaf blower, you know? <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. But it doesn't mean that all your friends have to come from your job, right? Not all your friends have to come from that place. That you find some of those people, you surround yourself with wise people, so that you'll become wise, and that you don't run with fools, so that you're not destroyed. If you would bow your head and close your eyes, Heavenly Father. We come to you right now, and Father, I pray that as we... 
go out of this place, that first of all, you would give us discernment, that we would grow in knowledge and we would grow in discernment, that we would practice it, that we would hear your voice, that we would recognize your voice, that you would help us to recognize your voice. That Father, if we have friends in our life that are toxic, that you would help us to distance ourselves. You would give us the wisdom and the knowledge and the words to say to make that happen, Father. I pray that you would send people into our lives that are roots, lifetime friends, lifelong friends who are going to build us up and encourage us. Father, I pray that the friends in our life that are here for a season, that you would help us to recognize that, that you would help us to understand that, that maybe friends in our past that have left or moved on or we're not friends with anymore, that you would help ease the pain of that understanding that those are seasonal friends. And Father, I pray that you would do all of this in the name of Jesus.